Welcome to Anderswick Church. We hope this message empowers and encourages you. To hear more from our church, make sure you subscribe or visit our website at annasbrook.co.nz for a service near you. So yeah, it's my pleasure to be sharing with you this morning. My name's Michelle, if I haven't met you before. Welcome. And um, this is my husband Dave that you saw just before talking. The very good looking man on the front row. There we go. Um, yeah, so we have just recently become the location pastors here in the city, although we have been here for a number of years, so it's very much home for us, and we love it. And this past few weeks, we have been speaking about ministry and what it means to be a minister of the gospel, and I loved hearing Viv share a few weeks ago about um, looking at your giftings, your personality, your experience, your passions, and purposing them in the way that you show your ministry and the way you serve others. And about how often our, our past pains and our past experiences are often the ways that we choose to minister to others too, because we can really empathize with those things in our life. So uh, when I was asked to speak about ministry, and this will be the, this is the final one this week, isn't it? No, we've got more to come. That's good. Awesome. That's great. So, but this is an area I feel very passionate about. So I was quite happy to um, get into this one because at heart, I'm a really practical person. My number one love language would have to be acts of service. So I tend to express love to others by doing things. And um, if your love language is gifts, I'm sorry. I'm just... <laughs> a terrible person at choosing gifts. But if it's like, come and help me with something, I'm there, you know, like I'm the practical one. So that's very much how I experience love and the way I show it as well. So this is a good one for me. Uh, so yeah, the, my focus on this topic is really going to be about practical application and the actual doing of things and, the, and how we are graced to serve God and how we're graced to serve God in every season of our life. So it doesn't matter what stage or what age or what phase, you are graced to serve God. So I wanted to start by talking about the importance of your ministry. Not about anybody else's, about yours. I want you to take a moment and think back on your faith journey I want you to think about where it started. And I want you to think about what were the markers that stand out along the way of how you came to faith, how you came to grow in your faith. And just think about that for a few seconds. I can guarantee you that your faith has been found, shaped, and supported by the ministry of others. And yes, God's spirit, Wairuatapu, was chasing after you and his presence was being made known in your life. But so often, the avenue for this to happen is because of someone else. Someone else engaging in their ministry, praying, showing up, caring consistently. People who made themselves available to serve in meaningful ways. Who were in the right place at the right time with the right words or actions. Sometimes that could be your family member, somebody praying for you, just being there every day. And sometimes that could be a conversation or it could be a whole host of people who were rostered on on a Sunday team to facilitate the perfect atmosphere and environment for God to move. 
Firstly, I just want to really champion the team here at City who serve with just an incredible heart. And yeah, <laughs> we wouldn't be here in this building this morning enjoying this service without all the benefits of meeting together if it wasn't for you all. So I just really want to thank, thank you all. And I want everybody to know that this is not about any two leaders or any four leaders. This is about a whole family of people who work together to see God's kingdom come in this place. Um, yeah, I think Dave mentioned thanking the kids leaders. You know, we don't see them in the room here, but they are, they are doing an amazing job out in the other room with the kids as well. This is the reason why I love church and why I believe in what we do so passionately. We are a family. And together we build this home where God can move. We lay the table, we pray, and then we throw the doors open every Sunday and ask God to bless every person who walks through the doors. Um, every week my prayer at prayer meeting is, God, have your way in this place. Let us be your hands and feet. And then let's, let's see what he does. 1 Corinthians 12 says, Just as the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up the one whole body, and so it is with the body of Christ. So together as as the body of Christ. We're, we're all different, but we, and we all fit together, but we're all made to work together as one family. And um, that, that's just the beauty of the church, and I love it. So why should I serve and minister, or why should you serve and minister? So if we are his hands and feet, what you do matters. This is the essence of who Jesus was and his message to us as his followers is this. If you are a Christian, a Christ follower, serving others is what he wants you to do. He makes this very clear on several occasions, especially during the Last Supper with his disciples. So I want you to think about this for a minute. Jesus knows that he is about to go to the cross. He knows, he knows it's coming. He's talking about it. He's bringing it up in conversation. He's having a final Passover meal with his disciples and, and he's talking about, guys, this is something's coming up and I'm not gonna be here and this is what's gonna happen. And they're not really getting it. Between themselves, they're kind of arguing about, well, who will be the most important? And you know, like, and he's talking about, no, it's not about who's the most important. It's about who's the least of you and who's serving that is gonna be the greatest. Um, at one point in the evening, he gets up. He takes off his outer clothes, is what the Bible says. So I guess it's, you're making yourself a little bit undignified, aren't you? You're getting kind of semi-undressed. He wraps a towel around him, and he decides he's going to wash the disciples' feet. And uh, he goes about that. And it, it's one thing to wash someone's feet in this day and age where we've all got nice shoes and socks on. But I, back then, I'd imagine there's some pretty stinky feet in that room. Like, it's... It's not pleasant. Like, it would have been the job of a slave or a servant to do that role, to kind of wash people's feet. So he's really taking himself down to the level of a servant and showing something that's to really exemplify what he wants us to go on and do. He says, Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have sent you an example that you should do as I have done. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than the master, nor is messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, 
you will be blessed if you do them. So he's actually saying, this is what I want you to do. I want you to serve others. But in that, that's, you're going to be blessed if you do it. Um, James 2.17 says, in the same way, faith by itself, not accompanied by action, is dead. So it's one thing to say you have a faith, but it has to be accompanied. It has to be outworked. It has to be shown. And I think some people maybe don't like that, but it's, that's the truth of the matter. It just is. If something has happened to you on the inside, you're going to express it on the outside. So our ministry expressions, uh, they, they're all different. We're all wired differently. We've talked about that. And um, they also change with the seasons of our life and where God calls us and needs us to be. So over the years, I've served and been part of many different ministries and teams, everything from creche to kids, connect group leader, women's ministry, youth, young adults, intercessory prayer, Sunday ministry, baby care, barbecue team, hosting, mainly music, screens or OHPs as they used to be called. Does anyone remember those? I used to do that quickly. It's like, how quick can I whip it on with the transition of the song? <laughs> The teenagers won't, won't remember the <laughs> remember that one, but that was that was one that was my greatest contribution to the music team was being the OHP person. <laughs> um, there've been very few areas I haven't served in. Uh, being a musician is one of them because I'm not really that musical, and in men's ministry probably not really that. <laughs> Although saying that in a few weeks we're going to Christchurch, we're going to do a barbecue day for the men's ministry down there. So I will be at that one. So I can make, then I can tick off men's ministry as well. <laughs> but you know, in, in every season, there has always been a different way to serve and minister. You're not, not, you're not boxed into one thing for your whole life. You, don't, you know, you don't have to feel like, if I started doing something, would that be my lot? Like, it's not, it's not. It always is changing. And God graces us and he often gives us the ability and when we don't think we have it, sometimes we get asked, oh, there's a real need for such and such at the moment. And you think, well, I haven't done that before. I don't know if I could do that. But when you step into it and you say, you know what, I'll help out where I can. He gives you often the passion for it and the ability as well. So, you know, some things are learned, but some things are also caught as well. You capture the heart for things as you do them. So, um, yeah, in every season, there's been a way to me to serve and, and never let the age and stage of your family or your life get in the way of that. You can have, sometimes you have to get clever and reinvent yourself or the way that you do things or the way you make time to do things. Um, an example was uh, when our children were very young, we had four children under five, and uh, Dave had a job at the time where he was on the road a lot. He was away th probably three nights out of five quite often. And so, you know, that was, it was a challenge. Like we had one car, I think, often as well. So it was like getting around was hard. And um, I could have dismissed myself in that season, saying that I was too busy or too hard or I had to get the kids sorted. But instead I set myself a goal and found a way that I could do it. I saw the plus side of it. So what I decided I'd do was I would host a connect group at my house because then I wouldn't have to find a babysitter to come over. And what it made me do was I, I made my think on the positive side was 
okay, I'm going to have one night a week where the house is really tidy. And I'm going to have one night a week where the, the aim is the kids are going to go to bed on time. And, you know, and then I'm going to get to have people at my house who are going to encourage me. They're going to, you know, the... And you know what? When you host a connect group, you end up with a little leftover food as well. So you often <laughs> you get the leftover cookies and the cake that someone brought, and you know there's there's pluses to being the host leader. So you know it was it was it was good. And then you know if the baby woke up, I could you know I was there. But there's 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 ways to do it, and there's ways to be blessed while you're doing it. You know. Um. I've also led teams over the years, quite a few teams, and there's, there's some universal things that you need to know if you're a team leader. Number one, you will always need more team. <laughs> All of the team leaders know what I'm saying, right? If you lead a team, you will constantly need to build team. They will not magically come out of the ground and help. You will have to encourage people, build them up in their giftings, you know, ask people to help you actually so it's it's quite one it's quite the thing and um there's a great scripture there in Matthew that says the harvest is great but the work is a few so pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers into the field uh, and I think that comes to the universal thing of that there is always a need, but there's always a bit of a shortage of people to do the work. So in those moments, you have to know and you have to pray, God, we need more people. And, you know, or we're short this week, how are we going to pull this off? And he always makes it happen. And I think once you get comfortable with that, uh, that's a good place to be because you're relying on God, not always on yourself. You do have to do the work, but you... And you do have to build the team, but he will provide, which is awesome. Another thing I've noticed when leading teams is uh, people will often find ways to disqualify themselves from ministry. It's, it's an interesting thing that I've observed. And I think, uh, from what I can tell, it's probably two things at play there. One is our, our flesh, like our own selves, trying to say, oh, but you're tired, oh, but you don't have time, oh, but, you know, that, that kind of fleshly self. And the other thing is that there is actually a spiritual enemy out there that wants to see you being ineffective. Uh, there's, you know, you know, the enemy would quite be quite happy for you to stay at home every other Sunday or to maybe not help out anymore or not go and do what you were doing. Before. You know, like, there's... I think in the in Western society, apathy is a really strong way that the enemy gets a foot in the door. And so people do seem to find ways to disqualify themselves from ministry. And as leaders, it is our role to help people see the gift that they are to God and to others. You know, the enemy would quite like you to just sit quietly on the sidelines and be ineffective in your faith. But, you know... Let's not see that happen. Um, in Luke 9:60, Jesus uh, has a quite an interesting conversation with a man, and he's and they've you know they've been on the journey, and he says, you know what? Jesus says to him, "Come and follow me. Come and be part of the ministry." And he says to me, he says, um, "Oh, yes, I want to do that, but let me just go and bury my father." And Jesus says something interesting. He says, let the dead bury their own dead, but you need to go out and proclaim the kingdom of God. 
And that sounds quite, it sounds quite harsh in a way, but I think the point is there's always going to be reasons to not minister, like I've got, to, I've got to go get my job sorted. I've got to wait till I have more time off. I've got to uh, wait till my kids are a bit older. But, you know, there's, there's always going to be something to go bury and deal with. But, you know, your call is to proclaim the good news of God and to be in his kingdom. So some re- common reasons people don't give ministry a go. Uh, they haven't done it before. They dismiss themselves because of lack of experience. They haven't been a Christian long enough. If you've been sitting in church for more than six months or a year, I'd say probably, you know, (laughs) if you've got the revelation of Jesus, you're going to want to serve and minister. Someone else is already doing it and they look like they're doing a better job than I can. That's that's pretty common. Oh, well, you know, such and such does such a great job of doing that. I, I don't think I would add any value. Let me correct you right there. You would add value. Uh, they feel like they don't have anything good or worthwhile to offer. Not true. Uh, they feel like you will be locked into it and not be able to leave the team. This is a, this is a common one. I'm like, oh, but I just don't know if I can do that. What I used to say to my teams was, why don't you come and give it a go for a term and we'll come to me again at the end of the term and we'll reassess it, like, what's that, 10 weeks, have a go at something, you know, serve in a way for 10 weeks, see if it's you. And if not, you know, I'm not going to hold it against you. (laughs) Try something else, do something else. It's all good. But don't let that feeling like, oh, I'm never going to be able to say, get out of it. Um, the, The big one, of course, is that we're too busy. Um, I'd like to kind of look at that by saying that we make time for the things we value, and if we see value in something, we are more likely to do it. Um, Hurt by past leaders is is another one. Um, Sometimes people hold on to hurt and unforgiveness and allow it to rob them from serving God in a new season. So, you know, if something's happened, you know, that's, that's... Sad and and you know it's unfortunate, but don't let that rob you of, you know, serving God. Uh, discouraged by past experience, this is one I've heard a lot. I I served, but I didn't see any fruit. Um, just because you didn't see influence or specific outcomes, doesn't mean you should stop serving. You may never know the impact that you've had on someone's life just by showing up that day, just by doing that little task, just by having a smile on your face. You don't know how that drop in the bucket contributed. So don't, don't, don't just, be, just be careful with the way that you measure things. Um, I cannot minister because of the stage of my life. I mentioned this before, I have young children, I have a health challenge, I'm too old, I'm too young. I guarantee you in any season, there is a way for you to minister. Um, the ministry I want to serve in doesn't exist. Serve under someone else, you know. Try something else first and see see what God opens up in the future. Um, If you're holding back from ministry, I encourage you to dig in and address some of these myths and just have a think about it and talk to us if you want to as well. We prioritize the things we love and are passionate about, and there are a ton of ways to minister.
Anyone and everyone can do this, no matter their age, their ability, their stage of life, and the way we minister changes throughout the seasons of our life. And I think I see, you know, from very young to very old, can um, can minister. Even I hope Sophie, I didn't ask your permission if I could share this story, but Josh and Sophie, and and um, Kath was here this morning. They've got very young children. Their kids have been here since early this morning, and. I love Josh and Sophie's kids' enthusiasm to serve. Like, they, because they've been raised in this house, they know what it is to serve and they know what it is to love serving. And they often come up and they're like, can we help with something? And I'm like, oh, you can put all the flyers under the seats if you want. Oh, yes, let's do that. Like, they just, they love to be helpful. And it's just so encouraging to see. So even if you're two or if you're 90, I know Viv often shares about Joan who goes to Saxton, who's how old? Is she 95, yeah. 95 years old, and she's still at church, and she is a diligent prayer, isn't she? She wants, Viv texts her through the prayer needs, and she plays the piano at the retirement village. So, you know, just, there's, and she's just got such a zest for life, doesn't she? I think it keeps her young, but, you know, you, it doesn't matter your age, that's for sure. Um, how are we doing for time, Donna? Okay, cool. Um, I was looking at the parable of the talents in Matthew 25. And uh, have we got that one? To, to one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, to another one, and each according to his ability. And then he went on his journey. So in this story, if you're not familiar with it, it talks about a master who kind of hands out um, what they call talents or bags of gold. And he basically says, go and take it and invest it and do something good with it, you know, get a return on it. And he gives different things to different people. And it's quite interesting to see, as if you read the story, what they go on to do. So each of us have been given different gifts. And sometimes we have different um, capacity as well. But, you know, each of them went and did something with it and got a return for the master, except for the person who got one thing and he decided, well, it's not very much, so I better just go bury it in the ground. So he did, really did nothing and it made the master quite upset because it, it would have been better to at least put it in the bank and get some interest on it. You know, like don't, don't be given something, even if you feel like what you have to contribute is small, don't not invest it, you know, like... See the return for God's kingdom. That's what he wants you to do. Um, do not approach ministry with an attitude of what's in it for me, but rather what do I have that I can offer God and his kingdom? Um, don't over-spiritualize it. Don't place value on tasks that are seemingly more important or more recognized. God does not play favorites, and your service is recognized by the heart in which you do it, not by how many people are watching or listening. So this is a really important one. I want you to know that, you know, if you're on venue set up in the morning and nobody saw what you did, nobody saw you put out those chairs, it doesn't matter. It's just as important as who's leading in kids or who's serving you a cup of tea. We all have a part to play. We're all, all everything is important. When you do things unto God... He, it's, that's the heart, that's what really matters behind it. Um, yeah, I, I don't do it for the recognition. <laughs> Never get into ministry for the sake of recognition. You will be bitterly disappointed. 
Just let's just lay that one down, okay? You will tire easily. You will become frustrated with the leadership and other people if you're looking for human affirmation. Instead, serve wholeheartedly for the Lord and pray that He uses the things you do. The last shall be first and the first shall be last. So just again, just if you're feeling frustrated or you're feeling a bit about what you're doing, have a look at your heart. Just go, go just have a little heart check. Um, even if I never see how, even if it's just a drop in the collective bucket, I'm not wanting to receive reward, but he will give and replenish anything that was given out, both in resources and in energy, not just an equal part, but pressed down, shaken together and running over. I guarantee if you open your home and host people, you know, he will provide what you need. You know, he will give you the energy if you're feeling tired. He will give that out. Uh, serving with a loving attitude does not need to be energized and accolades by people, but just knowing that you give it out with God first, he will take it, bless it, and use it. Um, and yeah, and finally, I think to wrap it up would be to say that church is a family and let's work together as that one body. Um, the way we do family is all about recognizing that we are all in the same boat. That, we, that means we all share the load and we all work as a team. It takes more than one or two people to paddle the waka. Together, if we do the mahi, we together we get to enjoy the benefits. And it's so much more fun when we all do things together and share it around. It's so good. Um, yeah, I just wanted to finish by praying for you all. And that really, I just want you to know the, your importance of your ministry and the importance of your serving and that... I don't want to sound today like I was telling you off or being hard, but more to encourage you that what, what you do, what you say, you know, the things that you do, they matter to God and they matter to others. And even if you don't see it sometimes, um, you never know what, what fruits they might provide. Um, I just wanted to point out there was some special people in the room. A few weeks ago, I shared my testimony of how I came to... to um, came to know Jesus and it was because I went to a connect group and you know that only happened because somebody opened their home for me to come and out of the blue and I haven't seen them for 25 years showed up this morning is Glenn and Lynn <laughs> Ireland and I just want to say oh my gosh I'm gonna lose it um thank you for opening up your home and hosting that connect group 25 years ago <laughs> Your ministry has changed my life. And I, you know, you might not have realized it at the time, but you know, it's changed who I married, who my family has turned out to be. My parents are in the room because of you. encourage people you just don't know what making that cup of tea for someone or that conversation what what that could do how that could change someone's world forever and the people connected to them so I'm just gonna pray look God I just thank you father that you use what we do when we commit our lives to you and the things that we do to you father you minister through us and Lord, that everyone would know in this room how very powerful their ministry is, that when you work through them, you can do amazing things. Sometimes we might not even see what they are, but God, I pray, Lord, that you'd encourage them, 
that you'd give them the energy, that you'd give them the confidence to step out in faith in whatever area it is that they're serving in. And um, be at work in this place in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you're wondering what the next step in your faith journey looks like, please get in touch with us. Email us at info at or visit our website.